Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Hold on, we're waiting. Yeah, V is talking his ass off, but I can't hear a word he's saying. Hold on, V, I can't hear you. There you go. <laughs> What's going on, V? Well, we're not all back. We're trying to get Percy in still. <laughs> Hold on a second. One second. God, has it been that long? Well, I hear him. I can hear him, but I think he's just talking to us from Google Hangouts. Are you on Google Hangouts or are you on Blog Talk? Then I'm going to send Percy. I'm not sure what kind of screen he's getting. Should be um should be the same screen that you got, right? Hold on a second. Yeah, I can hear you, Percy. Can you hear me? Oh. But you can hear us okay? Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm going to switch over and talk to Percy real quick. One second. See if we can get him. What's up, Percy? Can you hear me? Okay. Um... Yeah, that's uh that's one second V, I'm just waiting for Percy. Um hold on, hold on. Percy's in. Let me click him in and then let me just remind him to um one second, one second. One second. Almost got you, P. One second. Yep, Percy, you can hear me? Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you. V, can you hear us? I can hear y'all. You good? Uh, Yep, you're good. We're good. Ready to rock and roll, brother? Yep, you can hear me. Let's go. We're ready. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever you were saying, it looked like it was awesome. You were talking your ass off. We just couldn't hear what you were talking about. <laughs> Let's go.
Yes, sir. Yo, that's a good question. That's a good question. There's um, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Obviously, Tyson Fury's fighting this weekend. Deontay Wilder's heading over there. Um, Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence, Canelo Golovkin, Joshua Wilder. I mean, there's just a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on over the past five years. I haven't talked to you in a long time, V. Um, so, yeah, man, let's just, let's just get it kicked off. Um, I mean, where do you want to start? Tyson Fury? Obviously, he's having his second fight back. Um, do you know anything about the guy he's fighting? I don't know anything about the guy he's fighting. Pizza, what, what did Eddie Hearn call him? Pizzanetta or something like that? Pianetta? I don't <laughs> know anything about him. Percy, you know anything about this guy? Nothing, man. I, I didn't know anything about the last guy he fought, and I, don't, I know even less about this guy. So, I mean, I'll give him a pass on the last guy he fought. I mean, that, you know, he was basically just trying to get weight off, so... You know, I really mm-hmm. wasn't expecting much from from that particular fight, but I, I'm I'm hoping that he's at least gonna get not I don't want to say tested, but you know at least have a guy that's gonna throw some punches back at him in this fight. Um, but like I said, I don't I don't really know much about him. V, do, do you know anything about him? V. Uh oh, can V hear us? I think we lost V. Oh, okay. Do you know anything about Tyson Fury's opponent? Hey, I'm here, fellas. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Okay. No, I'm I'm getting a little delayed, so I'm I'm not sure what happened. Okay. Yeah. Um. The question again? I'm sorry, fellas. My audio's out. No, you know what it is, V. You have your um you have your um audio unmuted on Google Hangouts, I think. Uh, let me let me correct that first. Yeah, you majorly echoing my man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about now? Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah. you're good. Yes. Can, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay, guys. Um, I'm sorry. I'm hearing everything twice. I don't know what the hell is going on on my end. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. We hear you fine. <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm hearing the delay. Give me one second, guys. Let me work Try this ball out. Try without the earpiece, bro. Take Y'all fellas, up. chop it up. Give me one second. Let me work that out. Okay. Well, anyway, Percy, I mean, um, I did, I, I mean, thank goodness for box rec. I was able to look, uh, the Pianetta up and, um, I, I mean, there's really not too many guys on his resume. I mean, I know he fought Kevin Johnson, Kevin Johnson stopped him. Um, Jeez. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, let me ask you, uh, what's his height? What's his height? Because that's the thing I want to see. I don't want to see another five eleven guy. Right. Well, he's six foot five. He's six foot five. Okay. So, okay. you know, he, he's one of the taller ones. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, I guess that's going to help him get some prep for Deontay Wilder. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, how do you, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how you make a fight with Deontay Wilder and prepare for that fight, fighting a guy that is, 
is nowhere near the level of a Deontay Wilder. I mean, that just seems like a very, very dangerous move for Tyson Fury. I mean, do you think that fight's going to happen, him and Tyson Fury? I mean, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder? Nowhere near the level. I think the fight will probably happen, Ben. But you know what? I, I look at it from a different angle. If, if you look at Tyson Fury, it looks like he's really just taking these two fights to have two training camps because he's gotten in really good shape. Uh, you know, if, if the objective is to be in really good shape against Wilder and just depend on the skills you bring into the table anyway, I think he's done a good job of that. But um, I agree with you in the, in the terms of preparing for Wilder as far as physical head-to-head competition. I think he's done a horrible job probably at that. But I think he's gotten himself in great physical shape. And he's a confident guy, so he probably assumed if he got in shape that he brings to the table to beat Wilder. But I actually think that fight does happen. I've talked to a few people cool with Wilder. I've talked to Wilder. He seems to think it's going to happen. He, he usually doesn't travel without a purpose. So it seems like he's going over there for a reason. But I, I truly think, I mean, Fury's lost a ton of weight in that amount of time, and I think it took two training camps to do that. So I think more or less focusing on video and studying opponents, he was like, let me just get in shape and just give me two guys like just dominate. Is that V killing us with the feedback? <laughs> I think he sounds like he got a scary movie playing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. V's having all kinds of technical difficulties, which is ironic because V and I actually, like, I, like we didn't practice this with you, Percy. You're just jumping off for the first time. V and I actually practiced this yesterday and had no problem. Fellas, do y'all hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay, so I, all right, so we're good now. Ben, I made a rookie mistake, bro. I, I see exactly what happened there. Okay. I had the freaking, uh, I had the thing playing like I'm listening to the damn show instead of the one talking on it. So I killed that uh-huh. one. We're good. Gotcha, <laughs> I, I, gotcha. I was yeah, a fan sense. and a host. How about that? All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, uh, I heard you guys talking about uh, Tyson Fury. What was the question that I missed? Well, I was just asking uh, Percy if, if he felt like this Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight was actually going to happen. I, I mean, it's it's. I mean, that's a dangerous move for. I was I was saying that's a dangerous move for Tyson Fury just because you know I mean his last fight really didn't give him anything, and this fight I don't know how much it's going to prepare him for an active you know, extremely confident Deontay Wilder, who really is in the prime of his career right now. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a dangerous move for him. So I, I was just kind of curious if you felt like there was any skepticism about that fight actually happen next, or, or, or do you think it's actually going to happen? I personally think it will. I, I think Tyson Fury has been consistent about once in that fight for the simple fact that, I think that Tyson, you know what, first off, being that they're over in the same region, I think that's a fight that should have happened with Joshua. But since there was a few more roadblocks there, and uh, I think Hearn is trying to get something else out of Joshua right now and and build him up in a different way. So I think that Tyson Fury is probably looking at this as as one of the fights he can do pretty early on and, and, and make a pretty good amount of money doing it compared to anyone else they can put him in with. So the truth be known, we don't know what Tyson's motivation for coming back was, you know, depending on who you listen to. Some people felt like, you know, perhaps he, um, he was down on his money. He was whatever. Suddenly he wants to lose all this weight and come back. 
Deontay Wilder would probably be easier for his ego to handle a loss to as opposed to someone in his own region, possibly Anthony Joshua. So uh, I think that the Wilder fight makes more sense for him. And I'm not surprised if – I won't be surprised if they go ahead and, and actually make it. You know, Percy, actually, I, I totally forgot. You did just recently talk to Deontay. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of which, I, I, I will be dropping that um, that other piece that you did with him um, probably tomorrow. Um, For sure. So that'll be out tomorrow. But, but, but when you spoke to him, like, how exactly – did he sound as far as the fight's concerned? I mean, is, is he excited? Is that like, did he sound skeptical? I mean, like what, what was he saying? Everything I get from the combo I had with Deontay, he seems like a business as usual guy. Like I've moved on from Joshua It's business as usual. I'm looking to defend my title from, you know, more or less talking to his people than him. It seems like him and Fury are on the same page. Now, obviously, you got to equate promoters and managers and all that to actually see them in the ring together, but it seems like they're on the same accord. That's half the battle, I guess, but he sounds confident that it's going to get made. Like I say, he usually doesn't seem like a guy to travel for no, with no purpose. He's going out there, and I, I think both of them are kind of wanting to smack it to Joshua a little bit. Like Tyson yeah. Fury is yeah. taking shots at Joshua. Oh, he's making us look bad. Deontay Wilder saying, you know, Fury already called him a bitch if he don't take it. So what would that make him if he doesn't take it? So believe it or not, it almost sounds like Wilder's ha- have their back against the wall, and he's going to get one of them, and obviously it's not going to be Joshua. So, But what, like how much – I'm just – I'm trying to figure out how the fight is even financially possible. I mean – Clearly, Deontay was not happy with the $15 million offer. Um, even though he was going to take it, you know, he, he, he still considered that slave wages to fight Anthony Joshua. So I'm assuming that he's probably going to get at least the same or more money to fight Tyson Fury. So that begs the question, how much money is Tyson Fury going to get for the fight? And is there that much money available in a Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously it's going to be on pay per view over here, and it's going to be on pay per view mm-hmm. in the UK. But the pay per view in the UK, I mean, because the fight's going to be over here in the United States, you know that 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 means it's going to be shown at four or five o'clock in the morning in the UK. So I, I suspect that's going to affect some of the pay per view buys. Like, how how big of a fight is that here in the US? How many pay per view buys do you think that's going to do? I don't know in, in terms of pay-per-view. I think when it comes to the money, I think for the Joshua fight, I don't know if it's being oversold as such a big fight where he wants a lot of money. I don't know if it's being sold just right. I think the Fury fight is more or less of not taking a step backwards from Luis Ortiz. And, and, you know, if you go from Luis Ortiz to say mm-hmm. Dominic Brazil, and that's no disrespect to Dominic Brazil, but he's never been a world champion like Tyson Fury. That's a step backwards in Deontay's mind. Now, if he's going to get Joshua, he wants all the money that he deserves or that he feels he deserves and that's coming to him. I think if he can't get Joshua, his next best option in his mind is to make a big fight. And I don't think fighting a Dominic Brazil, I think at some point he wants that fight to happen, and that's why it's gotten so personal. But I think as far as coming from Luis Ortiz, he wants a step up as opposed to going backwards to fight a guy who's, never had a world title contendant once and, and was kind of easily dominated. Hmm. 
B, thoughts? Yeah, no, you know, and I'm listening to what Percy said there. Honestly, I think a lot of that makes sense. And I I would pretty much co-sign everything he just said. You know, I, actually, I never even thought about it that way, to be honest. But it, it makes total sense because when you look at the way Wilder operates, uh, I think Wilder really is about his business. And to, to take a step backwards after beating who I think personally was probably one of the best heavyweights, definitely a top three heavyweight in Luis Ortiz, uh, you know, and beating someone like that, you don't want to go. You don't want to go backwards and lose that momentum. Be very honest. I, I think Ortiz was viewed as, as far more dangerous than what some people think Povetkin is. So when you look into like both fighters getting past this, the current point, leading into a possible spring um, spring showdown. I mean, I, I think you'd have to say Deontay would come in with the stronger momentum and. Um, you know, a little bit more wind at his back. So I, I think what Percy said makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, you know, I mean, again, I don't know how much either guy is, is getting paid. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as far as a pay-per-view fight, I just, I don't know. I mean, is it, I mean, does it do 500,000? Um, I mean, I don't think it does a million pay-per-view no, buys. No, um, no, no. I don't think it does anywhere. <laughs> a million, I'm not going to even comment on, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it doing five hundred thousand. I, I don't know that I see it doing three hundred thousand. To be very frank, uh, that's a big fight across the pond. The, the reality is here in America, no matter how much mustard they put on it, um, I, I don't see that fight doing those type numbers. But I will say this: I don't think it has to for Wilder to gain some leverage out of it because. You know, Wilder's starting to make his rounds in American media. You know, I'm starting to see him in a few different places, starting to hear his name a little bit more. And uh, I think as long as he continues to do his part, if he and Joshua both go without losing, he might enter that that fight against Joshua with a very strong position for 50-50. Because Joshua, to, to me, and you guys let me know your thoughts on this, but Joshua in America is not what he is across the pond. And I don't think some of our fight fans across the pond realize that in, in America, Joshua is not a legendary name. So, you know, when you consider that Wilder would be bringing an American base, he's going to bring the British base. Wilder, damn, there is, is he could end up with enough leverage to ask for 50-50 or very close. Not saying he gets it, but he'll, he'll be able to command a hell of a lot more if he has Tyson Fury on his resume, I think. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I definitely can't argue that. I mean, if he has Tyson Fury on his resume and, and, and a W on that resume, then yeah, he's definitely going to be able to, uh, to uh, demand whatever he wants. Um, you know, is he going to get it? That's the question. I don't know if he's actually going to get it. Um, no. But if, you know, if that means he gets 60, 40, you know, 55, 45, something like that. I mean, uh, no matter how you slice it, a Deontay Wilder victory over Tyson Fury is going to be good for him, and it's definitely going to give him some added leverage at the negotiating table. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely agree as far as that's concerned. Um, let, let me ask you, you a know. quick question, Ben. Let me ask you a quick question, Ben. Being and you too, B. Obviously, the, the culmination we're hoping for is Joshua and Wilder. If you look at the guys that they could potentially fight, in, your, in both of your opinions, who do you think have the best shot of 
blowing this whole thing up and upsetting the apple cart, as he likes to say. <laughs> so uh, what you mean? You mean between Pavekin and, and Fury? Yeah, just even if Brazil somehow jumps, mm. you know, in front of Fury, like out of all the opponents that's being thrown out, if we're trying to make Wilder Joshua, out of those guys, who do you feel like can potentially upset that? Buster Douglas at all? I tell you what. Uh, just to throw this in right quick, I was I was talking to Ben about this earlier. I seem to be in a minority on this, and uh, we'll get you guys' thoughts now, I guess. But honestly, I, I think Povetkin is far more dangerous than a lot of people seem to think right now. And mm-hmm. if Anthony Joshua is not able to get him out of there early, I think he could frustrate the hell out of Joshua late in that fight. And, and I think look at what he did to my man that, that he just knocked out. I'm not saying Joshua doesn't have a chin. I'm not saying that at all. But I think he could be a really big problem for Joshua, man. That's that's just my thoughts. So what you got on that, Ben? I think it's Fury. I think it's Tyson Fury. I think, um, you know, Tyson Fury has the style to stink it up against Deontay Wilder. I think he's got, you know, the, the size, the um, the reach. I, I think he can keep his distance, keep the jab in Deontay's face, and and, and and possibly squeak out a, a, a boring unanimous decision. Um, you know, I, I I do see what you're saying about Povetkin v. Um, but I just I just I just think that Anthony Joshua has enough skill to deal with anything that Povetkin might bring to the table, and I just I just can't see him getting them late. Uh, to me, that fight's probably going to go to the scorecards too. Joshua will probably win another decision. Um, it might be boring to some people, but all he's going to care about is getting the W. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if I was going to pick someone out there who could upset the apple cart, I would, I would say it's Tyson Fury. And, and, and clearly Tyson Fury thinks that too, you know. I mean, that, I'm telling you, it's just for Tyson Fury me, to be taken. Go ahead, B. No, no, no. Actually, I wanted to ask you a question about this. See, here's the thing. I, I've actually gone on record to say that I think Tyson Fury – when he's at his game and, and at his best, I think he he would be the last man standing with all of these heavyweights. He's just awkward enough to, to get it done. Yeah, like you mentioned, his size is the dynamics of how he fights. But do you think – I guess this is my only thing. Uh, do you think the Tyson Fury we see now – and I guess we'll find out more after this weekend – but do you think at this stage after such a long layoff that he would be able – to deal with uh, with a, a guy like Deontay Wilder, you know, I, I just I, I don't know. I think Wilder's athleticism is a lot better than he gets credit for. I think he'd be more of a bigger threat for Joshua than he would be for Wilder. Wilder right now is is still rising. I think in terms of his his capabilities, and I don't know that Joshua is. So I, I think he'd be more dangerous for Joshua then he would be not at 100% against Wilder. What, what do you think about that? Mm, I mean, uh, you know, I, here's the thing. Deontay Wilder is, is, is going to be tough for anyone just because of his confidence level. Deontay yeah. Wilder is like, like, right now, you can't tell him shit. <laughs> like, his confidence is sky high right now, and, and anybody that he fights is 
they're 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 going to have a problem on their hands just because he's going to be coming right at them to knock them the hell out. Um, but having said that, I just I just the fact that Tyson Fury is even entertaining fighting Deontay Wilder and only his third fight back. I mean that tells me either one. He's hurting for money and is willing to do anything right now to get whatever money yes. he can get. Or two, he probably saw something in Deontay Wilder and feels like, you know, shit, this guy's not going to be able to deal with my jab. He's not going to be able to deal with my boxing skills so I can beat him. Um, I personally think it's the latter. I, I, I don't think that he's hurting for money like that, um, mainly because I feel like him taking the – Deontay Wilder fight is kind of taking short money. I just don't see that fight getting big money like that. I mean, again, maybe he is getting ten million or fifteen million or, or, or twenty million. I mean, I, I I don't know, but I just I to me I I just if I do the math, if I calculate the pay per view buys and this that and the other, I just don't see that as being a twenty million dollar fight for both of those guys. So. If one of them is getting ten to fifteen million, the other one's got to be getting short money. I mean, I, I mean, I say it's short money, but I'm just talking in in the pay per view world, short money. So the other guy's got to probably be getting somewhere between five and ten, you know. And and I just the fact that Tyson Perry is taking this fight, I just I just I really feel like he must see something and and must be feeling real confident. And again, you know. We don't see Tyson Fury in the gym. You know, I don't know what he looks like in sparring. Only Tyson Fury knows that. You know, only his team knows that. And they must feel confident enough to think that, you know what, we can go ahead and take this Deontay Wilder fight right now, assuming it's going to happen, which which I think it is going to happen. But, uh, but, you know what, Pete, who do you think? Go ahead. I, you know what, Ben? I think, I think we kind of underestimate that a little bit. I, that's something I took away from – talking with Evander Holyfield is the mm. confidence in those two guys. If you listen to Fury and you listen to Wilder, their confidence is a little bit different than Joshua. Now, Joshua will probably have a little more bravado as far as, you know, he's poking his chest out and saying he wants to do this, that, and the other. But when we're talking pure confidence, I think Wilder and Fury kind of separate themselves. They, they stand apart. And I, I think Fury kind of looks at it like, People forget, and I brought this up to Wilder, this is the original fight that people wanted to see. I forgot who Deontay Wilder fought, but Fury stormed the ring. They was nose to nose, and, you know, Wilder was saying, this is my house. They haven't forgotten that, and that's, that's how those guys are wired. That's their DNA is more confidence than – we starting to see a little more bravado from Wilder, and obviously Fury is Fury, but it's more confidence than bravado. And I think when you get those two guys – on the phone and they start talking shit about Anthony Joshua, they, they start feeding off one another. And I just think that, I think they probably had more phone conversations than we know about. Mm. I agree. I, I totally co-sign. And, and you know what? You uh, A really good point you just mentioned was about confidence versus bravado. With Wilder, I know 100% what he's saying. He's 100% ready to back it up. Like it, It's all confidence with Wilder. But Fury is the same guy. Like Fury is that heavyweight who's gonna talk a little shit and do his thing, but mm-hmm. but he'll he'll back it up if you give him. The Fury comes off as more of a troll because of the delivery, but he's serious about what he's saying. Yeah, he, he really is, and I've never really gotten that impression from Joshua. 
You know, you hear him talk, and I'm not, let me be clear, I'm, I'm not implying that he's afraid, but I don't get the impression, of, if I had to gauge the three of them side by side, I don't get the impression that he's really down to walk that walk the way that they are. And, and if he is, I think Lennox Lewis put it best. He, he needs to put some heat on uh, Eddie Hearn to actually make something happen with one of these fights because, you know, he, he to me he hasn't. He's, he's kind of going along with what's being pitched to him, and it doesn't well, and, look good. And, and in all fairness to Joshua, I think he can be a little more reserved because he's taken out the top dog. He took out Vladimir Klitschko, you know, so I think he's probably more in the set of – and I understand – Vlad was older, probably on his way out anyway. But as far as names on resumes, Joshua probably feeling like y'all need to come chase me more than I need to chase y'all. And that's a confidence thing. I mean, that's that's where they have to make themselves almost look like they, you know, almost over the top wanting to fight to where Joshua could sit back a little more. I'm not giving them a pass because I think they all should be fighting each other. But I, I could see where – him and his team probably feel that more than anyone else. The, the other two dudes are hungry. So let me let me ask you guys this. You know, let me pitch it this way. If uh, I mean, Vladimir Klitschko is Vladimir Klitschko, clearly. But let's take away his name for a second, and let's just look, mm-hmm. ta- look at talent. Vladimir, in the um, – what, he had been out of the ring, I don't remember how long, 20 months or some ridiculous, 16 months mm-hmm. when he fought um, Anthony Joshua. Which victory, if it was not Vladimir Klitschko, just talking talent at the time versus these opponents, which victory do you guys think was a better victory? A talent like Vladimir Klitschko or um, a Luis Ortiz, who some people say is old or whatever, but was active, uh, and, and to me, a, a top-tier heavyweight. Which, guy, which one do you guys think, removing names, if we just saw the talents, which one do you guys Klitschko. think was a, a better victory? Klitschko. Okay. Klitschko, okay. better talent. Ortiz, probably more of a puzzle. So I guess it just depends on which one you, you're up against. Would you rather face a puzzle or a guy that's probably a top 20 all-time great heavyweight, depending on who you're I, talking to? I, yeah, no, you know what? That's, that's a good point. The, the reason that I pitched that is because my me personally, I'm going to tell you, a, a southpaw in any division is very difficult, but I'll be honest, I didn't know that Wilder was going to win that fight. And he damn near lost. But he that fight actually is what cemented Wilder as a, a true top-tier level heavyweight in my mind. I loved what I saw prior to that. But when he actually got the job done in that fight, it showed me, okay, he's pretty much ready for anybody that got out there. I don't know how, how uh, Joshua would have handled a combination throwing southpaw with that type of power. I, I don't know that Joshua would have won that fight. What do you guys but think? But the problem, about that? the problem, the problem with Ortiz though is that you really don't know how good he is. You know, I mean, yeah, on paper, I mean, you can southpaw, you know, amateur pedigree. I mean, yeah, you can look at all those things and say they're great. But as far as what has he done in the heavyweight division, it it pales in comparison to what Vladimir Klitschko was able to accomplish in the heavyweight division. It looks dark as shit in my room. I need to turn a light on or something. It's dark in here. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think, um, I don't know, man. When I look at it, I think the thing that scares me is that it seems like if I had to pick one that was going backwards as far as what they're showing us is Joshua. 
I think if you look at the Carlos Takam performance, I think if you look at if you look at the the Joseph Parker performance, coming off the Vlad fight, and I told a buddy of mine this, and I don't think a lot of people give this enough thought. Maybe Vladimir Klitschko took something from Joshua. I think he Maybe took some of his confidence. He hasn't looked the same because that was a brutal, brutal fight. Both of them getting knocked down. Um, you know, at one point Joshua spit out his mouthpiece just to get a breather. That fight may have taken something from him, and I think we saw we kind of point to other reasons he's looked. Oh well, you know, Takum's smaller, and you know, and no one looks good against Parker. Just maybe Vladimir Klitschko took a fight or two away from Joshua. That's just not out of question. You know what I think that was more than anything, though, Percy. I think it was a learning experience. Ooh, it looks so much brighter in my room right now. Um, I think that was a learning experience for Anthony Joshua. I think he realized, oh shit, like. I need to box a little bit more or, you know, I need to use my jab a little bit more. I'm not trying to get knocked down and, and it and, took him out of the head like mentality is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas with Wilder, you know, I think, I think some of his fights, some of his, some of his knockouts, I mean, that may have, I don't want to say it wasn't a learning experience for him, but, it may have given him more confidence in his power. Not that he didn't have confidence in it before, but like right now, yeah, like right now, he's thinking to himself, I can knock out anybody. And anybody, he might yeah. Be, and he might be able to knock out anybody. But, you know, having said that, when you go back to the drawing board, when you go back into the gym, are you realizing, are you working on some of the mistakes you may have made? Or in your mind, are you saying to yourself, well, I'm always going to have that power, and I'm always going to be able to knock somebody out, in, in which case it could work against him to where maybe he's not learning as much when he's in the gym. Maybe he's not perfecting his craft as much. And, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, when these guys fight, you know, everybody takes something different away from those experiences. And, and I think what we're seeing in Anthony Joshua is, you know, because of that Vladimir Klitschko fight, I think he's gone back to the drawing board and said, okay, I need to work on my craft a little bit more. I need to work behind the jab. I need to, I I mean, you can kind of tell his approach towards fights now is more of a, um, I don't want to say a Mayweather-esque approach, but just more of a, you know, let me get the win. You know, let me do what I need to do in order to get the win. And if that means the crowd is going to be, you know, booing me because, you know, I'm, I'm fighting behind my jab, then so be it as long as I get the win. Um, whereas, you know, Deontay Wilder is saying, nah, you know, forget that. I'm coming to knock somebody out. <laughs> I think, I think oh, actually man. Percy brought up a, a good point there because, you know what, he hasn't fought the same. I think personally that he left that fight, although it was a great victory for him, he got up off the canvas, got the job done. But I think that, Whatever ego he had that made him feel like he could just walk through the talent was that veil was lifted basically because his confidence hasn't seemed the same. He hasn't been as willing to take as many chances. He hasn't been really? as willing to uh, to to engage as much. He, you're right. He's he's done more boxing than banging like we once saw him do. And tell you the truth, I don't know how he gets that confidence back because. At this level, we, when you stand to where he stands, everyone on that level can put you on your ass. You know, yeah, Parker wasn't a powerful puncher. So I think that was probably the only laydown that, that he has coming. Anyone else they put in front of him at this point, I think, could do a lot more damage and is a lot more skillful. So 
Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a question of confidence, though. I don't, I don't think it's a, you know, oh shit, I got hit hard and now I'm afraid to trade with anyone. I don't, I don't think it's a confidence thing. I just think it's, it's a learning experience. I think he realized, you know, trading with somebody is is not necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying I can't do it. I mean, obviously these guys trade. You know what I'm saying, but. I think he's probably realizing I don't have to fight those kind of fights in order to win. Like I can work behind my jab. Listen, if you go into any boxing gym, any trainer you see is going to teach a fighter to fight behind the jab. Like that's the first thing fighters learn how to do, you know, fire the jab, use your jab to set everything up. And, you know, some, some fighters do that consistently and some fighters don't. Um, but, but I think what we're seeing out of Anthony Joshua now is someone who is trying to perfect his craft. And I think, Percy, when you talk to Evander Holyfield, and, and you'll be able to speak to this more than me, but I think that's what Evander Holyfield was hinting at. He was hinting that, you know, yeah, you know, Joshua might be, you know, the better skilled, you know, technically skilled fighter, and uh, he's working on his craft, but sometimes when you get too many tools, Sometimes you start to think too much, and if you're thinking yeah. too much in a heavyweight fight, it could be lights out just like that. When you were talking about, you know, Joshua probably went back to the drawing board and went to the gym and worked, that was the exact thought I had is the conversation with Evander Holyfield where sometimes you have so many tools and you're, you're in there thinking, what punch should I throw? Oh, he's giving me this. And then you got a guy like Wilder just shooting a simple one too. And, you know, me and Evander spoke off record a little bit about it. And I said, it's so funny you say that because it's like when you go to the lake and you see this guy with all these fancy riding reels and lures and he's not getting a bike, yet you got a guy sitting on a bucket with a cane pole and he has a whole cooler full of fish. So, you know, I just, I just think sometimes it's not the weapons you bring is how you use them. Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder's coming to the ring knowing I'm firing a hard one too. To where even when you looked at the Joseph Parker fight, Takam fight, you can almost see Joshua. Me and you talked about it before, Ben. If Mayweather made Manny Pacquiao think the fight was over, well, that's what we got. You saw Pacquiao trying to think of what shots he want to land as opposed to just being that offensive machine that he always used to be. I'm starting to see a little bit of that in Joshua, and I think Vladimir probably should get credited for that. Let me let me ask y'all this, though. <coughs> Excuse me. Um the reason that I mentioned about the confidence earlier is because against Parker, and Parker's not a big puncher, I personally walked away feeling that Joshua was afraid to, in, to, to engage. Like, he, there were opportunities. I, I, me personally, I think defensive-minded when I watch these fights. So not only defense, but I look for holes in people's defense. There were a lot of times where either he, A, did not have the stamina to pull the trigger, which I think is a bit of an issue with him at times, but, B, there, there were certain shots that were wide open that I, he just was not taking advantage of. How, do you, this, how do you quantify that? Like, what, me, what did you guys – go ahead. Let me ask you this, D. Do you think the Dillian White fight with Parker even more so make you feel this? You know what I'm saying? Because Dillian White was in it with him, and, and yes. we just didn't see that. We didn't see Joshua wanting to engage like that. Maybe Dillian White is just limited to that. But – he was able to pull out a good fight out of Parker to where it, it was a snooze fest. The Joshua fight was a snooze fest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a total snooze fest. And I didn't. I think that's one of the one of the things that I've 
I've kind of questioned with Joshua in terms of what my issues with him are with him personally. When you have the, it's it's like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was dominant. He was explosive. He was everything. I see a fighter like Joshua having similar capabilities, but not as much courage to use them at this level. Tyson trusted his chin more. Joshua, I don't think his courage. Say that again. <laughs> I said, I said, you, you just, you just stay killing Anthony Joshua's courage. <laughs> no, man. Honestly, I, I'll be honest. I was disappointed when, when I look at him. I think about a more skilled, bigger Tyson. But the only difference was Tyson. Like I said, Tyson trusted his chin more. He didn't care about banging and getting up in your chest. If you came to him with some heat, he took it. But you had to take his. Joshua started out that way. After he touched the deck against Klitschko, we've never seen it again. So that's why I harp on the, the confidence thing. I, I really personally feel he questions whether somebody's going to tap his chin with something he's not going to be able to recover from. That, that's just my read on it. Well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we picked up right where we left off. Ben and V disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, like, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening who feel the same way. But, um, fellas, I tell you what, let's let's switch gears right quick, man. We've been chewing it up out the heavyweight division. Let's drop to the lower weights. We got um, there's been a lot of talk about possibly uh, we got Garcia looking at Spence. You know, we got it's a lot of things. We got Golovko, uh, Golovkin. I'm sorry, Canelo too coming up. Uh, what are some of the fights you guys are looking forward to or possibilities? For some of the weight, the, the lower weight classes. All of them, all of them. I mean, you name a fight, I want to watch it. it. It really doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think it's wise for Mikey Garcia to fight Errol Spence, but if he feels like he can do it, then I'm a watch, <laughs> and 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 I'll pay for it on pay per view too. Um, again, I don't know how many pay per view buys that does, but um, but shit, I'll I'll definitely watch it. Um, I just think that that's too much of a jump, man. I mean, it's it'd be one thing if Mikey was fighting at 140 and and Errol Spence was a smaller 147 pounder. Um, you know, that'd be one thing. Or even when Shane Mosley, I think, didn't Shane Mosley jump from 135 to 147? Yes. To, well, technically, he had a, a, a tune-up fight at 147 before he actually fought Oscar De La Hoya. So even Shane before he jumped in there, you know, he had an interim fight. So, I, I mean, that's just from, from Mikey to jump from 135 to 147, Errol Spence is probably going to weigh 160, maybe even 170 on the night of the fight. I just, I just think he's biting off more than he can chew, but uh, he must see something. I don't know. What do you think, P? I, I love fighters daring to be great, man. I think we got to stop. And I'm not saying you did that hype because you like me. If, if he want to do it and he does it, then, you know, he's he's greatest thing since sliced bread if he pulls it off. But I'm saying fans in general, we got to stop putting these guys in lose-lose situations. In one sense, it's like, oh, Joe Blow is cherry picker of the year. And then someone like Mikey dares to be great. And it's like, Mikey's stupid. You know, this, look, <laughs> I, I, respect, I respect these cats for daring to be great. I'm going to be honest. I think a fight that – and it's not like a smaller guy coming up to fight a big guy, but you say we're dropping down to the lower weight classes. I think this Danny Garcia showing Porter fight is being way overlooked. I don't Ooh. see any way that fight can be boring at all. I agree. 
I think I agree. Bill I think agree. is going to be a hell of a fight. And I just think people so much on the Danny's a cherry picker showing his this. Man, I think they're going to make fireworks. Let me ask y'all this about that fight, though. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into my deeper thoughts on Danny, but I think that's going to be a dangerous fight for him. Am, am I am I alone in that, or do y'all? Am I the only one? I, 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 I can't even answer. I can't even answer that until you tell us your deeper thoughts on Danny Garcia. What, is, what does that mean? What's that about? Well, here here's the thing. Similar to my piece on Joshua, Danny is one of those guys who I think has a certain amount of talent that's way greater than he displays at times. I'll be honest, since the Matisse fight, I haven't been really big on Danny. I think he's had opportunities to show us more, and he didn't. Against Thurman, I thought he could have showed us more. He didn't. I, I haven't seen I, – I haven't looked at Danny the same way since the Matisse fight, sadly. So, this fight I, – I, I, think, I think you don't – V, you don't, you don't think Danny showed you a different element to his game when he fought Robert Guerrero? Robert Guerrero is Robert Guerrero, though. That's that's not. I mean, and I like. Here's the deal. What? What does that mean? What is that? Look, Robert Guerrero. Robert Look, Guerrero. What does that mean? I like I like Ghost. I like Robert Guerrero. Robert Guerrero is not a Keith Thurman. He's he's one of them guys that you could bang a little bit with. He's going he's gonna drop some heat on you. But I don't think that Danny was really overly concerned. He was far more skilled. But against a guy like Thurman, when Danny really could have had a coming out party, great name. Great, the best welterweight when he was active, you could say in the in the entire sport. I didn't think Danny showed up the way he could have. I mean, am I am I alone? In that but 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 don't you think that has something to do with Keith Thurman? Like, I mean, Keith Thurman's no chump. Like, I, I didn't Listen, think Danny no, Garcia was going to go in there and beat the But Danny did not come to fight the way that he look. Matisse was dangerous, but he took the fight to him. I was very impressed with Danny that night. I felt like he came on the defensive. With Thurman, and when and, and when but, does but, the level but, of competition rise? Thurman rises? is not Matisse. Thurman's not Matisse, though. Yeah, but that that goes right back to what I was saying about Joshua with the power. That's what's throwing me off with a lot of these guys. Look, Golovkin is not as skilled as certain guys, but I'll be damned if he's going to alter his approach. He's going to bring it. And he's going to take it. I'm not a huge fan at times, but I, I'll give him that. Like he brings it, he takes it. Danny will come to bring it if he's not going to have to take it at times. But when he's going to have to take think, it, he's not Danny. This is what I think get overlooked in the Thurman-Garcia fight. Danny probably got hurt very badly about 30 seconds into that fight I with did. a big right hand. And I honestly, he the way he finished strong, I don't know if he – he probably was hurt for about five rounds. That was a monstrous <laughs> shot. And, and Danny got world-class chin. But, I mean, he was hurt badly. And I think sometimes we overlook that. Like, he shook it off so well we overlooked that. But you can see for four or five rounds in the corner, his dad was basically talking to the ropes, man. He was out of it for a little bit. So, <laughs> when you sack his dad in, I think, I think you can kind of respect the way he finished that fight a little better. Like, he got hurt 30, 40, maybe it was a minute into that fight very bad. Fellas, but when I, we talk championship pedigree – and uh, if I remember correctly, Percy, I sat next to you or close to you. Was it? I might be getting my fights mixed up, but think Mayweather Mosley. Yeah. How early he got his damn bell ring twice. And you just talking the crazy about the best. What's up? Talking. You you putting it at a Floyd standard. 
that that's right. a different animal. We we got to drop a level below that. And that's not disrespecting Garcia, Thurman, any of them guys. But you know, when you talk to Sugar Ray Robinson, eating a left hook from Joe Blow, you can't mention Ezra Charles in that same sentence. You know what I'm saying? Danny Garcia is a level below Floyd. Floyd is Floyd, and I think it was more so more impressive for Floyd because for whatever reason, people thought he couldn't take a shot. Danny, you know he had world-class chin, but to get caught that early and still, I thought he won probably the last four rounds of the fight. Mm -hmm. I think he finished like a champion. I just think he got hurt so badly that it it took him a few rounds to shake that off. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, in in the case of Sean Porter, I mean, Adrian Granados had him on his bike, so... You know, True. that's a 140-pound guy, and Adrian Granados is tough as nails, and he's moved up and fought world-class bigger men. But, I mean, Sean Porter, the pressure guy, was fighting off his back foot. I know he had hand injury, uh, hand issue late in that fight, but Granados gave him all he can handle. That could have easily been a draw, split decision type win, you know? So Adrian, Adrian, I don't know if sat him on his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say this, though. If – um. If if Danny Garcia can tame a wild bull like Porter, it it will mm-hmm. say something to me. I, I'd have to give him his props because on strength and muscle and just wild, reckless ass fighting, I, I think it's going to be a dangerous fight for him. I do. So your one fa- thing so I did see. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hi. No, I, no, no. Go ahead. I'll, I'll save my question. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I was going to say one thing I did see is. <laughs> When when Sean is hit with some nice counters like Thurman did, he becomes a little bit apprehensive. He presses still, but it's not to throw punches. It's mainly to just be chest to chest so you can't hit him with another counter. So we'll see if Danny's sharp that night. I want to see if he's apprehensive or not uh, coming in the way he did. He just had no respect for Berto, so he just ran him out of the ring. But I've seen guys hit Sean with some counters that made him a little bit apprehensive about coming in the way he does. So, so V, I was I was gonna ask you. So, so you're you're heavily favoring Sean Porter going into this fight. I take it. No, 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 I, no, not at all. I, I do think it's gonna be a dangerous fight, and I do think it's gonna take Garcia a little bit of time to to figure out his strength and and how to approach someone with his strength. Porter's not a tactician. He's not like that, but he's a strong-ass guy, extremely strong. No, I, I used to call him a poor man, Shane Mosley. He really is. He's strong as hell. He's not nearly as composed, but um, I think just his wild, reckless nature will have Danny a little off guard for a little bit. But I, I think Danny, with his skill level, once he figures it out, it, it's going to be, I won't say an easy night, but I think he'll coast from there on the cards for sure. Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I, I, I like that fight, uh, P. I, I agree. That's that's a fight that's flying under the right. You know, part of the reason why, though, is because the, the fights get announced so late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't give you time I, I, to get excited for them. <laughs> right, right. It's like they announce the fight and then you're like, shit, I got to put in a credential so I can go cover the fight. It's next week. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's really quick the way that, you know, some of these fights come about, even though that they're you know, they're talked about for a long time, you know, I mean, I think we were hearing about Sean Porter and Danny Garcia fighting ever since Danny got out of the ring with Brandon Rios. So I think it's a fight that we've expected for a long time, but it just really didn't become official until recently. Um, But I'm excited for that fight. I'm excited for that fight. I'm excited. Uh, Hopefully Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence, um, you know, jump in there. I'm, 
Can't wait to find out who Adrian Broner is going to fight next, Javante Davis. Um, I'll tell you what, I think they're missing out on Javante Davis fighting TJ Dillashaw, which to most boxing fans will probably be like, well, why is he going to fight an MMA guy for? But um, I actually like that fight. I think that fight does more for Javante than any boxer he could fight right now outside of Lomachenko or Mikey Garcia. Um, If if it it were me, I would jump all over this beef that Javante and TJ Dillashaw are going on right now. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And I think we got to get better people interview. Like, just going back real quick on the Danny Garcia, Sean Porter thing, you got Mm. damn Jim Gray in the middle. Get out of the ring and let them do that. Like, we (laughs) need that in box. I don't know what's up with this politically correct bullshit that these fans try to, you know, oh, I watch it for the good fights. I don't want to see all that. Yes, you do. You just think Mm -hmm. you don't. And you want to sound correct, but no, let Jim Gray step aside. And I mean, don't let him come to blows, but Jim Gray, like, oh, get out of the ring, Sean and Kenny. Like, no, let that happen. We need that. But Showtime ain't going to have a problem showing that clip 500 times when they're about to fight, so why not just let them do that? (laughs) Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Like, for me, like, that's that's what fights are all about. Like, I, I feel like, you know, like, when I get excited for fights, it's usually the fights that have some kind of story about them, not fights yeah. that are just thrown together. Like, this guy's fighting that guy. For me, it's fights that have a story. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, they have a story. They have a history. Yeah. You go back to when Tyson Fury stormed the ring after Deontay Wilder beat, I think it was Bermain Stavern, somebody like that. No, it wasn't even Stavern. Mm-hmm. I think it was somebody else. Um, but, you know, they have a story. Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, they have a story. Like, like, mm-hmm. I, like that's what gets me excited about fights. But God, listen, Absolutely. listen, as much as people might not like the idea of Deontay Wilder fighting Dominique Brazil, I can't wait until those two guys I'm fight all in. because they can't stand each other. Like, they have yeah. history. And, and because of that, I think the fight is going to be more exciting than people expect. Even though they're like, oh, yeah. man, I don't want to see Deontay Wilder fight Brazil. Listen, they're going to fight at some point. It's not, I mean, I don't think it's going to be next because I think Deontay is going to fight Tyson Fury. But, you know, it may be the fight after that or two fights after that, you know, at some point those guys are going to get into the ring and the more they talk smack to each other, the better the fight's going to be. So I'm all on board with, and again, I don't, you know, I know some people were trying to, to get on Deontay for the comment that he made about Brazil's son. And I I know Brazil was upset about that. And when, and, and he has a right to be upset about that. But at the same time, I'm like, Like you're getting real grimy with it. Like for me, it was just kind of like, wow. And 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 for Brazil, even though he didn't like the comment, eventually he's gonna get an opportunity to do Absolutely. something about it. And for me, yes. that's what makes that fight that fight exciting. Even though it's not a fight that it, like I don't think anyone's anticipating. God, I can't wait until you know Deontay Wilder and Dominic Brazil get in the ring. I don't think anybody's thinking about that. But when they do make that fight, I, I'm Absolutely looking forward to it, 100%. Yeah. And to piggyback off what you're saying, Ben, is, you know, uh, about fights needing stories, no matter – I mean, we've been waiting forever, seem like, for Rios and Victor Ortiz. That fight's uh-huh. going to be important no matter when they make it because of the story behind it. And that's what people got to start understanding is, it, like you said, if Fury's next or whatever, if Brazil's one, two fights down the line, that's a fight that we're – I mean, we probably get, see more comments for that fight just from what was being said than any Dominic Brazil fighting 
Deontay Wilder on this date. That's not going to draw fans in, but what they're saying and the animosity is going to draw fans in. So it, we, we just got to let those things play out. Let Danny Garcia and, and Angel and Kenny fight and bicker and all that. That's great for the sport. I can't believe fans saying that's bad for the sport. That's crazy to me. Do you think they're gonna? Well, do you think they're gonna I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think Angel and, and Kenny are gonna bicker that much. Do you think they're gonna say anything? I think. It's I hard think not to with Angel. Yeah, <laughs> I think Angel will get irritated. I mean, you already see him like threatening the publicists, like they ain't shutting me up this time. So I think come fight week, we gonna, we gonna get the animated Angel Garcia. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, what fight are you waiting for, V? I mean, I heard from P. You ain't even say anything. You wait. Like, what, what fights are exciting for you coming up? Hey, man. Honestly, I'll tell you the fight I want to see. If we're talking about possibilities, not necessarily some on the horizon, but a personal biggest fight that I want to see is Crawford Spence. That's a fight oh. that, uh, yeah, that, that's a fight really – I'm so torn about when I look at Errol Spence, that guy is the, I damn near look at him the way we did the Russian and Rocky back in the day. Like he, he seems almost unbeatable, sick power, sick speed. He got all the attributes you want to see, but it's something about Crawford's ability to execute in his ring IQ that makes me think he might have that Tom Brady effect where, you know, Brady didn't have the Jerry Rice and all of them guys, but he gets a lot done with a lot less. Uh, I, I think Crawford might have that element to him, and it might shock some people. I'm not saying he wins that fight, but everyone almost unanimously is looking at uh, is at, at Errol Spence. Uh, and although I lean Errol Spence, in no way, shape, or form would I tell anybody to count Crawford out. What, what do you guys think about that fight? Love that fight. Um, don't think it's going to happen until 2021, though. Um, just just because of the whole top rank and you know they're doing their thing and and PBC is doing their thing, um, so I think I think it's probably going to be another you know two to three years before we see that fight. Um, but I, I like I like Terrence Crawford's chances in that fight, man. I definitely think it's going to be a chess match. Um, right now I would favor Terrence Crawford's chess game over Errol Spence's chess game. Um, not, 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 not to say that Errol Spence doesn't have any chess game because I know he does. We, we just haven't had an opportunity to see it yet. Um, but until we see it, I don't know if it's better than Terrence Crawford's chess game. Um, now Errol Spence is, Errol Spence is a dog though, and he's going to be the bigger guy going into that fight. So he may not even need a chess game in order to win that fight. But, um, but I, I definitely think it's a chess match. It's, it's not going to be you know, a one-sided, lopsided win for, for either guy. I'd, I'd, ask, I'd ask Percy what he thinks about the fight, but I think he's, he's some, somehow related to Terrence Crawford, so he might be a little bit biased. What you think, Pete? Yeah, no, that's crazy. I did find out. I think me and Bud are, like, not even distant cousins, like pretty decent close cousins. But get the hell out of here. Uh, Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I don't yeah, think I'll talk be about a small world. reunion anytime soon, so I think I can say my opinion. <laughs> no, I actually think this is one of the rare fights where and Ben used the objective word, dogs. We'll finally see two dogs banging because Terrence have dog in him, Arrow have dog in him. I think because Terrence is known more of a boxer, a lot of fans don't give him 
credit for being a dog, but Terrence been moved up in weight class and faced some dogs, and, and he's a dog. Obviously, we know Errol's a dog. That would be two pit bulls. It ain't no, you know, Rottweiler's German Shepherd's dad is two pit bulls. I would like to see Bud, and, I, you know, again, Ben said 2021. I would like that because I would like to see him get a few more fights at welterweight because that removes any doubt. That removes, you know, well, he only fought, you know, twice there, and Errol's a career welterweight. The problem is 2021, and Errol looked mighty big during that Showtime interview. Yeah. And I, I was about to ask, do y'all? I was about to ask, do y'all think he's gonna last? Yeah, well, I think well, he I might be 154 or 12 months. I, I actually spoke to Derek James off record the other day. He he still insists he doesn't have a problem making 47. I, I'll give you one better. He said they were riding back from I think they were on the subway or something at a fight in New York and. Errol looked at him and was like, you know I can make 140, right? But he just looked so big in between fights. I see him being at 54 sooner than later, man. I think eventually he's just going to hey. have to move up and sustain hey. his power. Percy, we wow. might have to we we might have to edit that out. I don't I don't want Mikey Garcia to see this and then he's going to start demanding Errol come down to 140. Yeah, that's true. that's true. <laughs> we don't want a Canelo Mayweather thing where Canelo slipped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a good look, fight, man, though. Exciting, I, I, times. exciting times to be a boxer fan because of the potential matches that we can get. Now, hopefully, they all fight, obviously. But yeah, here's one. Here's yeah. one that I, I here's one that I'm dying to see. Actually, that I don't know if it gets made, but boy, would it be fun! Uh, Lomachenko versus Manny Pacquiao. I would love that fight. I, I, I agree. Hey, hey, and let me say this first, because I don't know what y'all think. I'm willing to drop Duckets in the buckets, and I ain't a betting man. I like Pacquiao in that fight, boys. I like Pacquiao in that fight. Here's why. Uh-oh. Here's why. Be- before y'all throw the tomatoes, let me just say this right quick. Here's no, I'm why. not throwing in the tomatoes for sure. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone who can't keep Pacquiao off them has a chance with Pacquiao. Because he showed okay. us he can still crack. He's still okay. got a chin. He's still got speed. You don't walk through Pacquiao if you can't hurt him and back him up. And that's where Lomachenko's problems start with me. No, I agree. That's why I want to see the fight. Like, I, I just yeah. feel like, I, I mean, listen, if I was going to favor someone, I would favor Pacquiao. That dude punches like I don't know what. So, Steel. Yeah, still, clearly. I mean, he retired Matisse. So um, I, I, I don't know, as much as people talk about Lomachenko's matrix style and his use of angles and all that, guess what? Manny Pacquiao can do that shit too. So I'd like to see how Lomachenko deals with somebody who can, you know, punch at all angles and, and who's punching with some steam. You know, I don't, I'm hey, not sure if Lomachenko you. can handle that. People, people talk about the Matrix style. Honestly, Manny Pacquiao is the one who made that style popular. And I don't know why more people are not looking at it that way. I agree. I agree. Punch, punching mm-hmm. with those angles, the in and out, the speed. Pacquiao didn't only do it. He was tearing people's asses up. Remember that Margarito <laughs> fight in Dallas? I still remember Margarito, big ass. Like, I cannot believe. You could hear those punches. At a good dis like that dude is wicked and he's still pretty good. I don't see Lomachenko having anything for him, man. I, I really don't. I think if you break it, if I, and I love Lomachenko, I like what he brings to the table. 
I think, and I've said this, Lomachenko's issue is going to be kind of reading his own newspaper clippings and going up too heavy and, and biting off more than he can chew against an opponent that someone's told him don't have it anymore. Into Manny Pacquiao. I think that's what it's going to be. I think he's probably, at best, a 30-pounder. Um, you fight mm. Pacquiao, you're talking 35, 40, possibly even 47. So I guess the, the question would be, how much is he reading his newspaper clippings? Would he even make Pacquiao do like a 42-type fight, or would he totally just disrespect the legend and say, I'll fight him at welterweight? That's going to be the key. I would, whoever can draw who to what weight. I mean, Pacquiao slipped up and said he can make 40. So Lomachenko say, okay, if he can make 40, let's do 38. I may lean Lomachenko. Anything over 40, good luck. Because Manny Pacquiao is still a handful. Yo, let, let me – let me. Oh, go ahead, V. Go ahead. No, 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 because I'm, I'm actually going to take this somewhere else. Let's see your thoughts first, and then I'm going to – It's okay, I was too. Yeah. It's okay. I was actually I was gonna say that the irony though is that I I actually don't think that's a fight Pacquiao should take. I don't think he should fight Lomachenko. Um, but he 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 did meet with Bob Arum recently, and he did say he basically wants three more fights, and then he's done. So if you're working with Manny Pacquiao, what three fight? I mean, knowing that he's gonna retire after three fights, what three fights do you set him up with before he retires? Brona, Brona, and Brona. <laughs> <laughs> a trilogy with Adrian Brona. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll take that. Brona, Brona, and Brona. Um, I don't know, though. He might spark Brona in the first fight, and there may not be a need for a number two or a number three. So, hey, I, I, I got I Pacquiao sweeping that series, boys. Three and, three and oh. Wow. 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 That's a good question, though. Who who you got, V? Who you got? Three fights. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would like to see a Broner fight. I say Broner. I say in this order. I say Lomachenko. I think he wins that one. Broner, which is a slightly bigger guy, and probably finished with Crawford. Mm. I would say what you say. I kind of want to see Mikey Garcia, but the three I mentioned would, would probably be my top ones. Okay. You 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 just you you said my three just just not the way I would have said it. Broner, I would do right now, like immediately. Yes. Uh yes. then I would do a then I would do Amir Khan and then I would do Mikey Garcia. And actually you could flip you could flip Mikey and Amir. I just I just feel like he's got a better shot of beating Amir Khan than he does beating Mikey Garcia. So I would do it I would do it like that. And and also because Manny's been known to be Mexican fighters. Uh, what they, didn't they call him the executioner at one point? Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be a good final fight for him to end on is, is with Mikey Garcia. And, and he can win that fight. Like, I, I think he can win all, I definitely think he can win the Broner fight and the Amir Khan fight. The Mikey Garcia fight's the only one that I'm like, eh, I don't know. But, um, but I think those so are the ben, three. You didn't mention Lomachenko at all. You say avoid him totally in these last three. Only, only, only because it's money. I don't, I, I don't think it's a big money fight. Like if, I got if you, I'm Pacquiao, I know he's going to retire, so he's going to look for the big money fights. And right now, I, I think Broner. Honestly, I think Broner might be the biggest money fight out there for him. But, but I would go Broner, and then I would go Amir Khan because I think there's big money in that fight too. And then, uh, and then Mikey Garcia, and then I cash out, call it a career. I think he, I think he makes good money in all three of those fights, and and also all three of those fights are probably not like they wouldn't be in the United States, I don't think, because I don't think he's fighting over here anymore. So, 
Um, I think those are all doable. He could fight. I don't know where he'd fight. He could fight Broner in the Philippines for all he cares. I mean, Broner would probably yeah. take that fight over there. And uh, I then I would fight Amir Khan in England. And then Mikey Garcia, I don't know, maybe in Dubai or something. Who knows? <laughs> Yo, let me let me ask y'all boys this though, man. When when you think about the fact that, I mean, I don't even know how long it's been, twenty years or so, and we're still talking about Manny Pacquiao. And you look at guys like Lomachenko, and you have fight fans who who feel like he's going to be, you know, this excellent whatever. But what I mean, what does it say about Manny Pacquiao that this many years into the game after severe knockouts? Uh, steroid accusations like he's overcome damn near everything and he's still relevant with a good a good shot at almost anyone in the mix what does it say about Manny Pacquiao though he's an eight division champion for a reason he's a legend for a reason man like you know unfortunately in a sport where we let legends die quick it's sad that he has to stay active to still be considered a legend uh, you know you know how the game works V unfortunately when he walk away we probably won't be talking about him but He's still active. He just came off a a great knockout win. And, you know, there's still big-name guys that want to fight him for the reason of him being a legend. So he's relevant now. Hopefully we can keep it going even when he's not throwing punches anymore, but that's rare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let me me throw something out. Let me throw something out because I can't believe we haven't touched on the Jets. Sergey Kovalev. This was a guy that was talked about, you know, in – High, high regard. I mean, he was on some probably top five pound for pound list just a couple of years ago. You know, we've heard a lot. It's the alcohol. It's the, you know, the switching the trainers. It's because he wanted to run the show. Andre Ward damaged him. When you saw Alvarez do what he did to him, what, what went through your head, Ben, B? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was winning the fight. So... I can't not, it's not like Alvarez went in there and beat the dog shit out of him. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's time for him to hang him up. Kovalev was winning the fight. And to be honest with you, prior to Alvarez landing that right hand, I felt like he was on his way to winning a decision. Like, I really didn't see anything changing. I felt like it was Kovalev. Like, he was the one that was starting to come on. You know, I felt like it was Alvarez that was like, oh, shit, you know, it's starting to get a little hot in this kitchen. Um, but credit to Alvarez for just cracking him. I don't know if I don't know if Kovalev's conditioning. I don't know if he got a little tired and got a little lazy in there and just you know let his guard down. But um, you know Alvarez cracked him with that right hand, and and I mean that was it. I mean the other two knockdowns were irrelevant. I mean he was done after that first right hand that Alvarez cracked him with. I mean he did he did a two step and just sat his ass down like <laughs> I'm good. Um, but um, but great win for Alvarez. I think Kovalev is going to come back and do the rematch. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I could see him – I can actually see him winning the rematch. I just didn't feel like it was a dominant performance by Alvarez where I'm like, oof, it's time for Kovalev to hang him up. But, um, but I do think – you know, I actually did an interview with Virgil Hunter last week, and, and Virgil gave me thoughts. That. Yeah, he gave me his thoughts on it, and, and everything he said was 100% accurate. I mean, I, 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 I do think Kovalev has a problem with his conditioning. I do think it's because of his mentality when it comes to training, you know, where it's, it's his way or the highway, basically, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Percy, I know you've talked to John David Jackson for many years about what it was like working with him, so, so you know how that was. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it, I mean, it really is going to come down to Kovalev and, and how serious he wants to take this. And maybe that knockout. I know he didn't take the Andre Ward knockout seriously. I know he had all kinds of excuses for that, even though he was legitimately knocked out by Dre. Um, but maybe this one is going to be the one that makes him say, oh, shit, like, I really do need to make some changes. And um, I think if he gets with the right program, then, you know, you could still salvage him. Ironically, Virgil said he'd work with him. And ironically, I think that would be a good fit. Well, I don't know. If, I'm not going to say it'd be a good fit because, you know, Kovalev, it, if, if you're somebody who can't take direction, if you're somebody who insists on it being your way or the highway, then it doesn't matter who you're training with. You're still going to have those problems. Um, but having said that, I do think Virgil could probably do something with Kovalev. And, and you know, Virgil's very good at getting into the psyche of a fighter and, you know, just just kind of mentally getting in their head and, and, and fixing those problems. And I think that's where some of Kovalev's issues are. So I don't know if that means Kovalev, you know, takes him to an AA meeting or something, gets him off the vodka or some shit like that, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, I do think that Virgil probably could help him out. But that, you know, that being said, I don't I don't see Kovalev, you know, saying, yes, I want to work with the Virgil Hunter. I just I don't see that happening. So having said that, we'll probably see something similar. You got. I think you guys are a little bit more optimistic than I am, man. I when I look at Kovalev, I actually totally. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, man. When when I look at Kovalev, I think PTSD. You know, being a former Marine, Mm. I can remember, you know, a Marine Corps birthday or some of them holidays. We talked to some of the veterans who've been in some of them wild ass wars, and they'll tell you, no matter how long you've been away from the battlefield, no matter how long, whatever, it takes one little thing to trigger your mind and put you right back in that moment. When I look at Kovalev and, and I saw him the other night, I thought initially he was looking good. But when Alvarez started finding a home for, for his shots, that jab in particular, you could literally see in Kovalev's eyes, it was almost like every jab that landed broke him down more and more. It's like he just literally broke him down. And I, I wasn't surprised that he was there for the taking. I don't think his mind is conditioned uh, to, to go like he used to where he took shots. You know, I always say some of these guys, when they get knocked out, the veil is lifted. And uh, I just think that Ward took it out of him. I, I don't know that we'll ever see the pre-Andre Ward Kovalev again. I, I don't think so, personally. No, I, I actually I actually had to fight close. When, when Harold Letterman had it 5-1, I had it 3-3. I didn't think Kovalev was winning by – uh, a big margin. I think I had to fight even it after six. Um, yes. Lord Jones said something in, in about the fourth round, I believe, and he said, man, I know Kovalev's coming on, but I don't like the look in his face. And I think that's because he threw everything he could at Alvarez and where you saw John Pascal slowly walk back to his corner with his head down, Alvarez hit his chest and said, bring more. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's the moment Kovalev broke. Kovalev is I, I hate to use the term bully in boxing, but he's a typical, you know, if a dog run at you and you run, the dog's going to chase you to bite you. If you stand there, the dog will usually back down. That's Kovalev. You know, John Pascal was winging some wild shit at him, but he was doing it from a defensive, scared standpoint. Alvarez was beating his chest saying, I'm against the ropes. Come on, bring more. And you could see Kovalev was like, damn, what I got to hit this dude with? 
And Kovalev <laughs> took that slow walk back to the corner. I think that's what Roy Jones was seeing him kind of mentally fall apart. And I think that's what we yeah. saw in the Andre Ward rematch. I think that's what we saw in Alvarez fight. And I'll be honest with you, I think it's a horrible idea for him to immediately rematch this kid. Yeah, let me let me say this too really quickly, just to interject. What does it say about the fact that Kovalev has been stopped by two guys that are not known punchers? Like Ward, Ward to me can crack, but it's more precision than brute power. Like he's never been that that guy. But I he places it, his shots well and he, he breaks you down. That's exactly what happened. I think it says what all three of us are hinting at, V, that mentally more than physically He's probably a, a mental case. He's he's yeah. a guy that like like Ben said, if it wasn't too late and if he would listen, Virgil Hunter would probably be great because Virgil can probably crack that mental mold. I just think he's I mean Kovalev ain't is a young man, you know. It's it's, it's no. probably too late in the game and it, it doesn't seem like he want to change his ways. Now I haven't heard any excuses for this knockout yet, but he hasn't really said a whole lot. <laughs> it's I'm hard to come up with an excuse after being put on your ass three times. I don't know what kind of excuse you come up well, with. Well, you know, that, he might but, say, like, oh, the ropes was loose before the fight. Like, who knows? <laughs> wow. Wow. Savage. 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 Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I, I think immediate rematches, I'm not saying go fight a bum because I think that's that fake confidence that HBO kind of pushed back. Oh, Kovalev's back. And. You know, after he beat Shabransky, but I don't know if I go in with this young boy on riding a, a confidence high. I don't know. No. Well, it just depends on what he thought of the knockout. You know, if he's shell shocked after the knockout, then yeah, it's a bad idea to jump into an immediate rematch. But if he's just, you know, if he has a Manny Pacquiao attitude toward, I mean, Manny Pacquiao got put to sleep and came back like, eh, it happens. It's boxing. I'm all good. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like Manny Pacquiao definitely had a different view of being knocked out than, than most fighters. Like if you can have that kind of attitude towards being knocked out, then I would say, go ahead and go for it. Kovalev. Like, ben, I mean, what's the point? Ben, I think that's, I think that's what you said with Danny Garcia, putting him up there with Floyd getting rocked. Pacquiao's an all time <laughs> great. Here's the difference. Manny Pacquiao got knocked out cold by Marquez and did a post fight interview in the ring. <laughs> and said, this happens. I got caught with a great shot. I yeah. still haven't heard from Kovalev. So that shows you yeah. the mental difference, man. It, it's this, this shit truly is 90% mental. And, well, and in, in Kovalev's defense, he did do an Instagram post from the hospital while he was getting his CAT scan. So he did address his fans. He okay, did say, okay. this is boxing. Uh, but but you're right, you're right. You know, Manny Pacquiao is on this level, and Kovalev is uh, maybe maybe down here. I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah, know, and like I think that. that's just what separate these guys. It's not even you know yeah. throwing shade. It, when when you hear fighter says levels to this, that that's real. You know, Pacquiao and Floyd and some of these guys up here, and some guys just will never be up there. And it's not a fault of their own. They just wasn't given the same ability. Yeah. Fellas, let me ask this. That being said, that's a perfect segue into what I want to ask now. So when we look at the young crop of guys out there now, which one of these, and I'm talking all of them, whether it's the Charlo brothers, whether it's Spence, Crawford, what, when we look at all, all, all these guys on the landscape now, who do you guys see being on that level when it's all said and done? Who, who has the potential 
Lomachenko, oh, wait Golovkin, whoever. Who do you guys see being possibly on that level? We hear a lot of people. It takes a lot to sell me. I know you guys are probably the same, but if we had to pinpoint, say, two or three guys, who do you think has the best chance to be on that level when it's all said and done? Well, first of all, I, I want to clarify two things here. Number one, um, again, this is just the test run for the show. So right now we're just – the three of us haven't talked about boxing in a long time, so we're having fun talking about a lot of different topics. When we go live with the uh, with the real show in, in, in the next episode, we will have more of a game plan. We won't be all over the place, just in case anybody's listening to the show right now. Um, but number two, I, you know, I, I don't think anyone is going to be on the Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao level. Like, those guys are just special guys. And, and I'm not sure if there's anyone out there right now who comes from that ilk, you know, so to speak. Now, having said that, um, there are guys that I like. Now, it depends on how, you know, far you want to go back. I mean, are we just going back to the Charlo, Keith Thurman, you know, like that time period? Or are we going back to like the Shakur Stevenson, you know, Devin Haney? Like, I mean, because it, it, it just depends on what time frame you're looking back to. Now, I will say I, I do like Devin Haney. He looks legit. I do like Teofimo Lopez. He definitely looks legit. Those two young guys look like they're, they're going to be making some serious noise, especially, well, actually both of them, because they both have a lot of confidence about themselves and they both feel like, yo, like we're, we're ready for that level right now. Um, and I like that. I think that goes a long way. And, and just seeing them fight, I, I, I do think they have the skills to pay the bills. So, um, so I like those guys. But, you know, that might be going back a little. I don't know if you were wanting to go back that far, you know, or that young, I should say. Be, you know, maybe, maybe you just want me to keep it on the Charlo, you know, type level. But I, but I, feel, like the, like, like I feel like those guys are already at, like, whatever level they're going to be. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be – I don't want to say they're not going to be any bigger than what they are now. Cause that's not, that's not really what I'm trying to say. Like, however good the Charlos are going to be like, they're there now. Like they're there right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they might, they might get better or whatever, but they're there right now. Same thing with Keith Thurman, you know, same thing, um, you know, really with the Terrence Crawfords and guys like that. Um, you know, do I think they're going to be on the, on the Mayweather Pacquiao level? I don't that's hard to say, bro. Like Mayweather and Pacquiao, they just they just did some phenomenal things throughout their career. And, um, you know, because of the way times are now, because of the way boxing is splintered right now, I don't know if anybody's ever going to get the same type of opportunities that those guys got. But that's just me. Uh, I think I look at a few guys and. I don't know if this what V was going with it, but when you say Mayweather Pacquiao level, I think of guys that's boxing is their thing. Like when I look at Keith Thurman, I don't know if it was the injuries, him getting married, whatever it was, took him away from boxing, and he seemed to be content with that. Um, I know the Charlos was trying to do like a love and hip hop type deal. Some guys are just you know, and look, explore all your options to make your pockets fat. I'm not knocking them for doing that, but there's a few guys I look at, and it's boxing, 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 and that's Errol Spence, that's Terrence Crawford. You have guys like Regis Progray, who's on the come up. Ben mentioned Teofimo Lopez. These are guys that if you take boxing away from them, I actually think you would see tears. 
There are mm. some guys in boxing, I think if you snatch boxing away from them, they would look immediately for the next avenue. Because mm. they're boxers, but they're, I guess, and I hate to use Adrian Brona as an example, but Adrian Brona has so many things going on that when he's not boxing, I don't want to say he doesn't miss it, but he's occupied. He's doing something else. There's just there's only a handful of fighter fighters left to me. Um, to piggyback kind of what Ben said, when I look at a kid like Devin Haney, as far as what Pacquiao and Floyd did, he's probably the kid that jumps out as far as division climbing. Some of these mm. guys were mentioning already probably a division or two lower than what they're going to finish at. So Devin Haney could probably go up. He has long arms. He's, he's rangy. So he could probably go up to 54, possibly even 60 at some point. Hell, he's, mm. he's still growing. He's not even 21 yet. So Mm-hmm. Definitely guys like that, but there's a few under the radar guys, like I said, Regis Progray, and you know, a lot of those guys in that 140 pound tournament, Ivan Barashchik, um, the other kid, um, that looks just like uh, Hawk Jackson, always Ryan Martin, Ryan, Ryan Martin, Martin. another kid that can fight his ass off. So, there, there's some guys still, man, that, that have growing to do as far as weight climbing, but you know, like Ben said, some of the guys are already where they're going to be at, and it's it seemed, they seem to be happy with that. I would yeah. love to see Jim come out and say something, anything. Yeah, I've been pretty disappointed with him. But, yeah, just, just to clarify the question, fellas, to, to be clear, I don't see anyone reaching Mayweather level at all. But I, I was speaking primarily in terms of, uh, you know, I, I think there was a point. I think we all knew that Mayweather was going to be something special. And mm-hmm. in every fight, we saw him develop and evolve more and more. Pacquiao kind of came out of nowhere, but when you saw him and you knew him, he was like, okay, this this kid can be special. But I, I'm I'm one of those guys that's always on the hunt for the dark horse. Like, what guy is under the radar but above the rim? You know, someone who we 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 see and we don't know, but it's just something about this dude that he might do some incredible, spectacular type bleep. Um, I'm I'm just curious to know, you know, and you guys have answered, but yeah, that's what I was getting at. Because uh, from my perspective, I mean, I think we got to throw out the obvious, like in, in Errol Spence Jr. Uh, you don't have to see him very often to know that he's going to do more than the norm. Like mm-hmm. if, if he stays focused, ain't shit stopping him. Period. But um, but what do you but 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 what do you just to like like do you think he's going to be a superstar like? There's two different ways to answer that. A superstar, I don't know that Spence has the personality to be what we saw, um, you know, some of these fighters. I'll tell you now, you're talking about personality, stuff like that. Superstar, I'll tell you who I think has far more potential to be a superstar than anyone seems to talk about, believe it or not, Deontay Wilder. Uh, I think Wilder has a certain... Like, he talks, he's genuine, but he can also sit down and sign autographs with the little girl with cancer. Like, he, he, it's a lot of facets That's to him. Personality. That I, That's personality. Yeah, yeah. I think he has more of that in with enough spotlight and, and more opportunity. I actually think he could be America's next real big, uh, big name in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, media popularity, et cetera. I think he could be. Personally, I, I like his well, personality just, a lot more than what I see in some of these other guys. Well, let me just rephrase. Who do you think is the next pay-per-view star? I mean, I, I, I'm assuming you, you'd probably say that would be Deontay Wilder. 
I mean, you're talking about a heavyweight. Heavyweight known to put cheeks and seats because they all knock him mofos out. So, uh, yeah, you can look. If he keeps winning and keeps talking and keeps doing what he's doing, absolutely. But if, if you look beyond Deontay Wilder, next big American pay-per-view star, um, I'll be honest, man. I, I don't really see any on the horizon. Because you got to factor in, we're in the stream era. So pay per view. I mean, Floyd pulled off getting a hundred dollars and probably, all of that. You could probably count I, that though. Like, I mean, even with streams, you got to pay for them. You know what I mean? Like, if if you if it's the zone, you got to pay nine ninety nine. Um, ESPN and and don't get me wrong, I, I you're you're not really paying for a, a particular star per se, but. You know, each 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 promoter who's doing that, like Top Rank, is banking on either Lomachenko or Terrence Crawford to draw in those subscriptions. Same thing with with Eddie Hearn. Even though you know it's it's Matchroom USA, clearly you see the first fight that they're doing is is going to be an Anthony Joshua fight. So he's banking on American fans to say, "Oh, I want to see Anthony Joshua fight. So let me sign up." the zone so I could watch them fight Povetkin. So, you know, I, I, I think that they have, like, I think with top rank, it's clear that they're kind of hoping either Lomachenko or Crawford, one of those guys, maybe Tiafimo Lopez. I feel like they're starting to give him a little bit more of a push now just because I know Tiafimo Lopez talked that talk. So, um, so you could kind of see who the promoters are thinking are going to be the next star. Like, like, do you think there is another, like, even like, like when I look at, PBC and, and what Al Heyman's doing. I'm not even sure if they're in the pay-per-view business anymore. Like, I, like I can't even, I think the last pay-per-view fight Al Heyman did with one of his fighters was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Outside of that, I don't think any other, you know, PBC fighter has attempted a pay-per-view yet. I think if, if I don't see Deontay Wilder. Well, and, and I'm I assuming that. I don't see anyone that's going to make that type of, I don't see a consistent, 600,000 or better pay-per-view fighter anywhere in the sport right now. Uh, well, I think I that's what they're I think that's what they're trying to do with Deontay Wilder though. Just I think that's why they're going to do the Tyson Fury fight probably on pay-per-view is they I think they're probably hoping that like you said Deontay Wilder has a personality, you know, he has a little charisma to him, you know, his girlfriend's on a reality show, so that helps too. And and I think that they're trying to think that you know, maybe we could do pay-per-view with him. I think before Deontay Wilder, they were thinking maybe we could do pay-per-view with Adrian Broner, but Broner fucked that up, or excuse my language, but he messed that up when he, he asked for too much money for the Pacquiao fight. Like, for all intents and purposes, the Pacquiao fight would have been Adrian Broner's coming out party on pay-per-view. But, um, yeah. but his career has gone the total opposite direction since then. So I, I think that, I mean, like I said, clearly – Eddie Hearn is, is pushing for Anthony Joshua to be his pay-per-view guy. Um, I think top rank is pushing, I would say more so Lomachenko than anyone else, but, you know, probably Lomachenko or Terrence Crawford. And, and I think, you know, Heyman and the PBC, they're probably pushing for Deontay Wilder, but I, I'm not like, are any of those guys going to be able to do consistent numbers? I know V, you said no. What, what do you think, P? I don't think so, and I, and I think a lot of it has to do with being a different kind of era. Like, you think about this. All of those guys we're naming, Wilder, Crawford, Vance, Lomachenko, well, not Lomachenko, they had the loss. All those guys undefeated. The era when 
now is the minute one of those guys lose, fans going to want to see them off TV. So yeah. when we say <laughs> Mayweather or Pacquiao status, yeah, Floyd is undefeated. But Pacquiao has seven losses, two draws. Could you imagine mm-hmm. a guy having seven losses and two draws not even talked about being a pay-per-view star? You would have to shut your website down because fans are just like crashing. And, and I think that's the problem. I think fans and, and people, we, they hold losses so near and dear to these fighters that it's not even good about these standards, which is sad, but it's true. So the minute Mike Garcia, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, if they take an L, that pushes them farther back to L being a pay-per-view star. And we're all yeah. in here standing yeah. out all beat one another. So if they can all beat one another, who's going to be anointed and who's going to drop down? Well, that person that dropped down is like starting back at, at zero. You know, Jared Hurd and Irizarry Laura had a fight of the year candidate, and fans are already saying, like, oh, I'm going to see Laura again. And this is this. Yeah. The guy has two, three dollars. That's crazy to me. But I think that's one of the reasons we won't see that because. You know, Pacquiao was allowed to take his bumps early and took a few late and still had fanfare. But that's Filipino fans as opposed to American fans. It's a difference. Ricky had to yeah. He was still able to be a pay-per-view star because he had the British fans behind him. We just... Percy, I think you have Hurricane Finkel coming through or something because you're you're breaking up a little bit, a little bit choppy. I think, you're, uh, I think your connection's... A little bit messed up there. Oh, you can't hear? Percy's like, I can't hear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Oh, Percy, you uh, you dropped out of blog talk. Is what happened. Hold on, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a text real quick. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think he dropped out of blog talk. I'm not sure what happened there. Okay. But um. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I. Uh... I definitely agree. Yeah, looking looking at the current landscape personally, I don't I just don't see any of these guys reaching that type of level. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it right now. I don't even see it's just hard, man. And I'm trying to quantify whether or not it's it's the stream era or whether or not it's the, like Percy was mentioning the fact that you know, now a guy takes an L or doesn't look too good and I mean, they lose momentum quick, and, and the fans pull the curtains quick. So, you know, I, I can't really put my finger on what exactly it is. But, yeah, man, it's uh, to, to look at today's landscape, I don't know a guy that has the personality, the charisma, and, and can back it up with the ability without getting technical as opposed to banging. And that's a, like, I, I don't see that. And, you know what, we didn't mention that, but that's one of the reasons Mayweather – and Pac- <laughs> excuse me, and Pacquiao were able to consistently get those type numbers. I don't give a damn what you brought to the ring. They were coming to bring it, and and they they weren't gonna change their tactics. And you know, okay, this guy's a power puncher. Let me let me go into retreat mode, or let me simplify my game plan. No, they were gonna bring it, and and it didn't matter what you were bringing. They were gonna bring it. I don't see that guy today. So that I think is is part of what's missing too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, I think it's a little combination of things. I think we have Percy back. Um, yeah, I'm hopefully. back. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I think, and yeah, you sound a lot better too now. 
Um, I think it's a combination of the things, though. I think um, the la- the landscape has changed. I mean, if you just look at the way pay-per-view is uh, across the board, not just for boxing, but for MMA, I mean, all the numbers are down. Um, you know, I think because of technology, because it's very easy to find illegal streams out there, whether someone's on Facebook Live or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just very easy to to skirt around the pay-per-view business. So I think that's affecting, you know, buys and, and whatnot. But um, but still, you should still be able to produce a star. You know what I mean? I mean, Eddie Hearn has a star right now. That's Anthony Joshua. He's not a star over here in the United States, but he's a superstar over in the U.K., and they're doing pay-per-view buys over there, and they're making money over there. I'm trying to figure out why it's been difficult. I mean, I guess – for all intents and purposes, Canelo would be the American pay-per-view star, um, only because he is the king of pay-per-view right now. Um, but why can't we get an American fighter to do those types of, of numbers? You know what I mean? Like, what's it? What's it going to take to get someone to do? Not even, not even paper. And I'm not. I'm not even talking Mayweather numbers, but just five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand buys. You know, something like that. You know what I think it kind of is, too, Ben? I, I don't know if you remember when we had the conversation with Andre Ward. I think we were in the MGM, and we was just, you know, shooting the breeze with him. It, everyone you named, Canelo, Mexico, Pacquiao, Philippines, Anthony Joshua, the U.K., of course, we had Ricky Hatton, U.K. Those guys don't have the option of sports that we have. Football, mm-hmm. basketball, you know, baseball. They have soccer and boxing, or, or this and boxing. So, Andre Ward said something that was glaring to me, and he was like, first, I'll never be, you know, as big as an NFL player, NBA player. So I'm like, wow, why would you say that? He's like, because fans only see me twice a year doing my craft. <laughs> well, you see the NBA player, that's 82 games. Football, that's 16 games minimum. Baseball is 136 games. I'm not a baseball fan, so don't kill me for that one. But, you know, it's, it's, we have so many options. You can almost say we're spoiled sports fans. And that's why you see – guys that call themselves diehard boxing fans, when you say Mayweather McGregor, oh, I ain't watching that bullshit. But Irish people are like, shit, I'm all over that because they don't mm-hmm. have the options that we have. And yeah. I think that that's one of the issues is that we're small sports fans. You know, we wake up every Saturday to watch college football, every Sunday to watch pros. You know, the NBA is running year long. So it's, it's just we have so many options. We're not like those other countries. For better or worse, mm-hmm. I don't know which one yet, but <laughs> unfortunately for fighters, because it, it cuts into their purse. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, why when uh, the UFC first got big, people were like, "Oh my God, it's gonna take over everything," because it was new to us. And then the yeah. minute it got old, it was like, "Yeah, that shit's a fad." You know, it's like that's how small we can be. <laughs> you know, that's funny, but it's kind of the reason why I think they should jump all over this Javante Davis TJ Dillashaw fight. Absolutely. Not, 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 not because it's a. Well, I mean, I don't know. It might be a good fight. I don't. I mean, I don't know. But I just feel like you're broadening your your audience base. You know, you're not mm-hmm. just you're not just gonna put Javante or TJ. You're not just gonna put those guys in front of boxing fans. You're gonna put them in front of MMA fans too. So that's a much broader base to get new fans. You know, and and uh, again, I think I think and and. Not, I don't think every fight should be like this, but I I do feel like 
if it's organic, you know, this whole Javante TJ Dillashaw thing, I mean, it just kind of started off organically. Javante just jumped on Twitter and was like, I want to fight the guy that, you know, just beat Cody, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then it took on a life of its own. And, you know, those guys are legitimately beefing. They're just legitimately going at each other. So why not make that fight? I know Dana White was just complaining about, oh, Zufa boxing kind of hit a snag. And, well, guess what? It doesn't have to hit a snag. You guys can pick up the phone, call Mayweather Promotions, and you can make this fight like that. And it will probably do 500, 600,000 buys. It might do more than that. I mean, I don't think it will, but it might do more than that, depending on how you do the rest of the cards. So why not take advantage of an opportunity like that in order to, you know, I mean, if Javante Davis is going to be the next pay-per-view star, then put him in with, put him in with the MMA guy who people, you know, casual people, MMA fans or whatever, they're going to tune in to watch that fight, and you're going to get more people than trying to put him in a pay-per-view with Lomachenko, which I don't, again, for diehard boxing fans, great fight. Would love to see that fight. But for casual fans, they're gonna, you know, they're going to be like, ah, I don't, you know, who, Loma who, who's that? There's probably mm-hmm. more. Well, I don't want to say there's more because Lomachenko has been on ESPN a couple times, so he might have he might have a pretty decent fan base too. But um, I almost said there's probably more, you know, casual American fans that know T.J. Dillashaw than know Lomachenko. But I don't know. That's maybe I'm overstating well, it, that. Maybe. It would just be them getting creative. Right? You got to get creative at this point. You know, people forget that Mayweather McGregor was made off McGregor saying, "I'm not only the king of MMA, I'm the king of boxing." <laughs> that was the statement he put out before. I was like, I'll take that fight in a heartbeat. It, it's mm-hmm. it's casual conversation that just you at some point you have to have someone step in and be creative and say, can we really pull this off? That's all. Mm-hmm. Honestly, TJ and Javante is starting with a little more fire than Mayweather McGregor. So I think it's mm-hmm. a doable fight. And I think if you have a creative mind anywhere between the two camps, man, they, they can probably make this like a little understudy fight. Floyd's understudy mm-hmm. against you know, somebody who kind of had beef with on Ultimate Fighter. People forget kind of, oh, there's the little snake. There's a little snake in the grass talking about TJ. So that, oh, they can right. that I can't right. be this. I can't be this much smarter than some of these promoter dudes. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, they're, just, they're just more greedy than you. No, they're just more greedy yeah, than you. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we've been all over the place, guys. I didn't really, um, you know, I mean, like I said, when we do the real show, we'll we'll definitely um, we'll definitely stick to some topics, go out and get some callers and this, that, and the other. But uh, yeah, man, I, it's been a minute since since uh, we chatted. It's been it's definitely been fun. Ooh, I got a lot of stuff we could talk about. We only got like fifteen. I only booked it for like a two hour show, though. I'm surprised we were on this long. We were only supposed to go for like an hour. That's it. Yeah, I mean, we spent like 45 minutes on the Wilder Joshua Fury thing, though, so that chewed up a yeah. lot of time. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Time. And I think it's slow right now. Like, it's a slow, you know, we haven't, we don't have anything jumping off the map as far as mm-hmm. boxing the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. 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 I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm just not, I don't see a whole lot of excitement for Canelo Golovkin, too. It's not. I think the I think the scenario with with Canelo with the pets thing I, I think that took the wind out of a lot of people's sails. I expected to hear more than I'm hearing. I'm not hearing not, anything. Hey, hey, it didn't take the wind out of Mia St. John's sails. According to her, everybody's oh, doing man. good. 
Everybody wow. juicing. <laughs> right? Did you see her say that shit? She said for like 20 of her fights, she used shit. Like, wow. Are you serious, yeah. girl? So you got to think. That chick was like 40 posing for Playboy. You know she was on some shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. I, I don't. Listen, even if she was on some shit, I don't know if she should have said it. Like, that's kind of no. like, wow. I mean, that's not a good look. Um, well, you saw Christy Martin already like put it out there. Like, I don't know why she would juice fighting me, and she knew I had a stroke. Like, man, you can draw lawsuits from that wow. shit. Yeah. Wow. Right. Right. I didn't even think yeah. of that. I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, I guess she felt like she was jumping to Canelo's defense. I don't know why she felt like she needed to jump to Canelo's defense, though. No. Canelo seems fine with it. He's about to make multi million. He's about to make more money than she probably made it throughout her career. So. I don't know why she felt the need to um, jump to his defense, but I was really shocked. Not, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah and, I think, and I think Golovkin and them kind of handled it. Like, they promoted so hard that he's juicing and he's this cheater that it's like, okay, well, why do I want to watch the rematch then? He might, you know, I just think they handled it wrong. They're making commercials with Abel eating meat and all. You should just be like, look, <laughs> juice or not, he's going to sleep this time. They they right. just made too big a deal out of it and it's man, you you'll run people off like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well I know they just put the go ahead, V. No, no, no. What I was gonna say is uh and I'm with you guys, this I, I don't feel much for it myself at all, other than the fact that I'm just a diehard fan. But how do you guys think it actually plays out? I'm actually I mean, listen, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for the fight. I, I actually can't wait to see it. Um, but I'm not going to the fight. I'm going to have, I think Sean Zettel is actually going to be covering it for us. Um, I just, I just don't feel like going out there. You know, those guys don't speak English too well. And sometimes those, those fights are are, are better to watch on TV than to be sitting ringside for. Um, but, but I am excited to see it. Um, I I feel like, I actually feel like Canelo's going to win the rematch. I feel like, um, you know, he's probably... I feel like he's able to make adjustments, whereas Golovkin probably isn't going to be able to make adjustments. Um, you know, I know that I think Tom Loeffler uh, mentioned that they got some like they got some new Jordan shoes that's going to help him, you know, cut off the ring better for Canelo and, and, and all this craziness. But I, I don't think that's really going to matter. I just I just feel like Canelo at the end of the day, he's a smart technical boxer he's not a dumb boxer you know very smart there's a method behind his madness and um you know even though he's talking i'm gonna knock him out i'm gonna knock him out i think he's just saying that to you know get them to fight the same type of fight which you know and it's funny because golovkin and like they're doing the same thing like they're trying to goad canelo like oh you need to fight like a True Mexican, whatever that means, which I, personally I feel like that that's almost a racist type of statement. That's the most racist shit you can say. <laughs> right. Even though even though even though I know like the Mexican community, like I don't think they view it as being racist. I think they're like, you know, they take pride in that. You know, like like when you say fight like a Mexican, I think there's this this idea in your head, like, oh, okay, they're just gonna put their head down and come forward and slug. Um, but it is kind of a racist statement. I mean, that's like not all Mexicans fight like Juan Memo. Juan Memo Marquez did not fight like that. 
You know, Marco no. Antonio Barrera didn't even fight like that. Like, there's a lot of Mexican fighters that did not fight no, like that. That shit is ignorant, man. That shit right. is ignorant. Like, that's like somebody say he acting black, and then you point to the most ignorant acting motherfucker in the room. Like, that motherfucker ain't acting like me. Right. You know, and it's the same <laughs> right. shit. Like, oh, Mexican right. style. Like, damn, y'all ain't offended by that bullshit. <laughs> Right, right. Like, I, like I, me, me personally, I would be offended by that. I mean, it's the same thing with, when, you know, when they say, you know, Oscar made the proclamation that Canelo was going to take back the Mexican fight dates, which I know what he's saying, you know, Cinco de Mayo in September, but at the same time, I'm like, what? I, who declared? Like, what? So no yeah. one the Mexicans can fight on those dates? Like, that's yeah. That's, I don't know. That's just a weird statement to make, but. But getting back to the fight, I mean, I know that Abel and Tom, and like, they're really trying to get under Canelo's skin, and, oh, he didn't keep his word, he didn't fight like a Mexican, blah, he's not a man of his honor, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think Canelo is going to fall for any of that bullshit. He's not a dumb fighter. I think he knows what he needs to do, and I think... You know, I mean, if his if his conditioning is is a little bit better than the last fight, if his stamina is a little bit better, I think he's gonna um I think he's gonna fight a little bit better fight, make the adjustments he needs to make, and and win a decision. And uh, you know, Canelo has tasted Golovkin's best shot. It's not like Golovkin didn't land flush on like Golovkin landed flush on him a couple times. Definitely. And, and Canelo yeah. took it okay. I mean, he you know shook his head, but he took it and and he made it through the fight. And I feel like Canelo feels like. You know, he, he knows what Golovkin has to offer. I mean, listen, the fact that he's doing the rematch immediately, he didn't have to do that. You know, Canelo's the A-side. Yeah. Canelo could have been like, listen, I fought you. Maybe we'll fight again in a couple more fights, but I'm going to go, you know, make some money over here. He didn't have to fight him. And not only that, the dude's coming off knee surgery. Like, he had his knee scope, you know. Like, Canelo is, for someone for someone who is is is, you know, not the killer in the fight, he sure doesn't seem worried about fighting Golovkin immediately. Not at all. So, right. So that tells me a, like, he didn't get the, the luxury of a warm up. Like, you know, he's right. right to it. Right, right. So that kind of tells me, like, man, Canelo's kind of feeling himself in this fight. So I I'm I'm going with Canelo. That's just uh that's just my pick. But you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Golovkin is that killer, you know, maybe he, you know, just had an off night and wasn't able to cut off the ring as well as he wanted to. And, and, you know, he's going to go stretch Canelo. But if that's your game plan is to get a knockout, that's, that's never a good sign. So I'm, I'm fighting with Canelo in this fight. That's just my pick. Nope. I'm with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think that Canelo pretty much like you said, I, I think Canelo definitely is the more skilled, of the two, and I think that he can look at film and actually implement a few different wrinkles that he didn't before and capitalize on it. With Golovkin, I think what you see is what you get. You start to you can't walk. I'm going to keep coming forward. I'm going to try to break you down. I don't I don't see much else that he can add to his, his game. It is who he hey, is. He's got new shoes, though. He's got new shoes, V. <laughs> Hopefully the sole don't fall off of him like Shane Mosley trying that new shoe shit. <laughs> hey, in Shane's defense, those, those those were shoes that Chop Chop gave him. So I know he man. was just trying to hook up a friend. <laughs> you know something else that could factor into that, and and maybe not. Maybe I'm just reaching. But if you look at the elite trainers right now, like Derek James, he got like two fighters. Vasil Lomachenko's dad got like two fighters. 
Abel Sanchez been stretching himself thin lately, man. He got a ton of fighters. Now, that's not to yeah. say he's taking away from his star pupil because I don't think he's that crazy, but Abel ain't no spring chicken, man. When you train in no. seven, eight, nine guys and you flying here and flying there different weekends to weekends, that's a lot. So if it ever mm-hmm. came down to the corners, we know Canelo guys, that's Canelo's guys. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abel, Abel's been around, man. I think every time I've watched the fight recently, just about Abel's been in someone's corner. He has. Definitely been very busy. You know, Freddie mm-hmm. Roach went through that at one point. When his guys started losing, it's like, damn, Freddie got 35. You know, it's just, it, it's only so much time you can give everybody. So I don't know. That, that You know, I'm not saying it will come down to the corners, but we were talking about making adjustments. And, you know, you got a lot of guys, maybe you just don't know the adjustment to make with that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Boy, it's funny you mentioned Freddie. He ain't got that many fighters now, though, do he? Oh man, it's, it's boy, it, it go, and he's actually in better shape. Like he looked like he didn't damn near beat Parkinson. Right, right, right. Oh man, he did him wrong though. That's oh, that's oh, that was wrong. That was wrong. That's yeah, a whole other yeah. topic. That's a whole that's, other yeah, topic, man. We missed out on a lot. We got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think Manny, mm-hmm. I've been getting screwed so long, man. I don't give a damn who feel my wrath. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Honestly, though, I I actually thought Pacquiao looked better with Boo Boy the other day than he did for. I think that that maybe Freddie Roach. Eh, I don't know. I don't. I shouldn't I, even be saying. It. I like Freddie Roach, but I, I felt like Freddie Roach might have. They might have hit their seal in his tandem, maybe because Manny did a couple things differently that I had not seen him do under Roach. I think that's because I think that's because I listen. I think Manny Pacquiao's been training himself for the past ten years. I don't think Freddie Roach has done anything. I don't think Boo Boy's done anything. I think that's just Manny Pacquiao's. Like, ah, maybe I'll try this one for this fight. So I I don't, I don't even think it matters who's in Manny Pacquiao's corner. You're you're not going to really change anything that he does. Um, But damn, he did Freddie wrong, man. He didn't even call the man. He didn't even call him and tell him you're fired. That's great. Well, you remember after the horn fight, Freddie, it was like a month later. Freddie was like, I said, I haven't got paid. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's well, it's so been tension. It's been Freddie, brewing. And Freddie, no, but let me, let me ask you I don't know if Manny was paid for that fight either yet. Check this yeah, out, sure. though. Do, do you guys think that, that Pacquiao felt some kind of way with Freddie Roach because of the way Freddie Roach responded after that loss? If you remember immediately after that loss, Roach was very vocal about Pacquiao needing to retire. And I actually didn't think he did that in the horn fight, but I don't think Pacquiao appreciated that, to be honest. I think Manny is just trying to cut off all ties to his old, you know, legion with, with Bob Arum. I think he's just trying to cut all ties. And, and, and I think he probably felt like Freddie Roach was, was part of the Bob Arum issue. So I think I think he just cut off ties with Freddie the same way he cut off ties with Bob. I mean, listen, Bob, Bob didn't even know that Manny was fighting Lucas Matisse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they just they just kind of went out and made that fight without him. And 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 when he found out, that's when he kind of stepped in. Like, ah, ah, wait a minute, wait a minute, I still have paper <laughs> on the kid. You, you know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah. I just feel like Manny is definitely trying to take control of his career, trying to be his own boss and um, call the shots. And, and he probably has, 
some validity to that. Otherwise, the the Matisse fight wouldn't have happened. If if Bob had him on paper like that, then you know yeah. he could have he could have he could have killed the Matisse fight and said you're either fighting Crawford or Lomachenko or you're not fighting, you know, and that that yeah. wasn't the case. So I think it's more of Manny cutting off ties to that old guard uh, more than anything. So you know it is what it is, but it's just sad to see. You know, I mean Freddie and Manny. I, I mean, if you go back, I've, I've got old videos, old interviews of of Manny when he was like 110 pounds, when he was just tiny, and and you know he was in the gym with Freddie, and, and and there was no, you know, there's no fans, there's no entourage there. It's literally just Freddie and Manny just just working out and doing interviews and stuff, and to to know that they went from all the way back then to where they are now, it's just it's just kind of sad to see. You know, even though they're not working together, it's just sad to see that it 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 ended that way. That that Manny felt yeah. like he couldn't even pick up the phone and call Freddie and be like, "Hey, listen, I appreciate everything you did, but I'm gonna try I'm gonna try this one on my own, you know, and see what I yeah. can do." Like he literally didn't call him or say anything to him, and Freddie was just kind of left in the dark. And to me, that's just you know, it's kind of messed up. I mean, I'm not gonna say you know Manny's wrong for it. You know, for all I know, Freddie might have done something and, and, you know, Manny might be in the right to do him like that. But it's just sad to see, you know, just an era and like that. But it is what it is. That's how it happens with a lot of fighters. That's how it happens. Shit, that's how it happens with some fighters in fight height. Shit just be ending and we don't even know. (laughs) Yep. Hey, man, boxing is an unforgiving sport. Unforgiving sport. I was told a long time ago, don't fall in love with any of these dudes because they will forget about you in a heartbeat. (laughs) Right, right, right. But, but yeah, man, it's uh, I don't know. We got like ninety seconds left before the show ends. We could probably sign off. Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, there's the mark. Ninety seconds. We'll um, I'm not sure when we're gonna actually do the official show. Um. You know, we'll we'll powwow offline as soon as I end the show, and and we can figure that out. But um, but yeah, is there anything you want to get out there? I will, like I said, I will be having the Deontay Wilder piece out tomorrow, so fans look right. forward to that. And uh, Percy, I know you sent in a couple other things that I still got to get up to, so I'll get to that stuff. And um, you know, I don't know, it's it's fight week, Tyson Fury. We'll have some stuff with them coming up. Sean Porter, I think, is doing a media workout on Wednesday, so we'll have some Sean Porter stuff coming up. It's going to be a busy week, even though it's kind of a dead week. So lots of stuff. But we will finalize the date, and, um, you know, we'll we'll get this thing popping regular, just like we used to in the old days. Um, Anything else, guys, before I sign off? And when I sign off, don't go away. Just switch over to Google Hangouts, and I'll wrap with you for a minute. All right. No, nah, nothing, nothing on my end, fellas. Still good to be back. Let's do it. Definitely, definitely. Yes, sir. All right. Well, with that, we will sign out, and um, I will talk to you guys over at Google Hangouts. All right. Let's do it. Out. Oh.